you here with Project Nerd, and it is time for another episode of Press Play. Now, recently we've been doing a series on films that are going to be shown at the Dances with Films Film Festival, and today, my friends, is no different. We are joined by a filmmaker duo here, David and Lexa. What's happening? How's it going, man? Hey, how's, that, how's it going? Very excited. <laughs> Very excited to chat. I love science fiction. I love fantasy. I oh, am yeah. a film nerd. I am a nerd <laughs> nerd. Yeah. And I feel like what you guys have put together kind of encompasses all of those things. Uh, <laughs> so I'm excited to chat with you in general. I'm excited to kind of see what, what makes this film tick. Now, your film is called Desert Sky, correct? Correct. Okay. You know, do you want to hear something weird about me? Ever since I was a kid, I've always had an issue with when I read the word desert, I still want to say dessert. Oh, uh, because as a kid, that was like the hardest thing, right? Like desert and dessert. And dessert. so for about, we'll just say too long for too long after re reading the title of this film, I was like dessert film. Okay, Des dessert sky. Let's watch it. I watched it. And I'm like, where? When does the dessert come into play? So no, that's that that's just me delicious being movie. ridiculous. Yeah, it would totally. That was. I was like, this is a real bait and switch situation. Uh, <laughs> we were promised eclairs uh, and cakes. We got sand. <laughs> I know. I was like, there's none of that. There's a lot of sand. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I'm I learned very excited school. about. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say I had the middle that dessert has two s's because you want more i know same so, but every time still read it that way this goes right well and maybe maybe it's just where like my brain goes it's like wishful thinking i'm always thinking about dessert rather than deserts you got uh, that sweet but i'm super yeah. i'm super jazzed on uh this this short that you guys put together so despite my predisposition for loving dessert uh this <laughs> film has nothing to do with that and instead it has a lot to do with kind of this sci-fi fantasy world that you guys have developed. So I would love to know, A, where did this idea come from? And B, where did this idea come from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, this is definitely our most ambitious project uh, to date without, <laughs> you know, that goes without saying. Uh, I'd say the idea started because, I mean, well, we're dating. We've been together for seven years now. And so I kind of awesome. <laughs> director, writer, actress, producer, you know, match made in heaven. And so, you know, my challenge was creating a new female heroine, you know, and we knew that's something that we had always wanted to tackle. Uh, strong, dynamic female characters is something that's just been like a mission of ours uh, since we started working together. And so to develop a character who was maybe coming from the wrong side of the, of the world and having to prove that she can be better, be it a better mother, a better wife, a, a better daughter-in-law, a better person. So um, coming up with a, with, a, with a world to fit a story like that and at the time, it was the coronavirus pandemic. We had social unrest. Everything about the world was just so bleak and, and, uh, and hopeless. And so we were like, you know what? Let's get people out of their houses. Let's get people out of this planet. Let's go somewhere else where we can kind of tackle those themes, but almost in a safe space where we're outside of, of, of today's world because it was just... No bueno. <laughs> Still isn't. Yeah, we needed something something new and something fresh. Well, let's talk about that for a minute, because I always I love hearing as as weird as it is. Everybody now, I feel like universally has a pandemic story. 
Like everybody, right. every single person experienced the pandemic differently. And that's fascinating to me because we've done yeah. a ton of these interviews and everybody's experience was different. There are similarities, of course, but everybody kind of has their own unique kind of situation and take. So mm -hmm. um, a little birdie told me that this production company was kind of birthed from the pandemic. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we had been making little projects together and getting a little bigger each time and, and, you know, being a little more ambitious every time. And it was actually in the beginning of 2020, just when like the pandemic was starting, I actually was rushed to the hospital for an emergency surgery. Uh, almost, almost perished. It was uh, pretty scary. And she was there with me every step of the way for 19 days uh, in the hospital, actually. And when I came out of that, it was quite a recovery time. And right as I was getting back into living, we got shut down. So I lost my job. We lost oh, everything no. we had going on. Everything that we were about to do pretty much got stopped in its tracks. You know, our last film that we had finished, there was no festivals going on. There was nothing to do. So that's when we were like, well, <laughs> we're stuck in my 250 square foot studio apartment in Hollywood, you know, and now we're, this is our, this is our new home. So what are we going to do? And that's when, you know, the imagination really takes off. And that's when we were like, let's take these stimulus checks. Let's get this unemployment and let's, let's build something for ourselves. You know, when, when most people are stimulating their, their Amazon cart, you're stimulating your creative you know, juices. And I, I yeah. love, I love that. I love that. Yeah. What's so interesting is, I've, you know, we've talked to a bunch of different filmmakers um, that had different processes kind of like during the pandemic. But what I've been fascinated by is a lot of people, while some were like, I didn't work at all. Like I couldn't be creative. I was too upset or depressed. The, the kind of majority consensus has seemed to be uh man i had time to do all the weird stuff that i never like had time to do normally and so i just went with it like i've got nothing but time so i'm just gonna you know chase all those weird pipe dream ideas that i had had um exactly so i i will say that you know starting a series because after watching this short this definitely uh sets up a much bigger world, right? Mm -hmm. Like it definitely is setting up a much deeper and richer story. Um, that's an ambitious thing to do. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> instead of just doing a standalone kind of closed ended short film or story, um, instead it, it very much was like setting up. All right. And tune in. I felt like I wanted to go and tune in next week. To see yeah. You know what I mean? um, <laughs> Absolutely. So how was that versus the other projects that you guys have kind of put together and worked on? How was doing something like that, that obviously has a continuation point? How was taking on a project like that? So here we were, right? We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what anything, you know, you don't know anything is going to happen in the world at that point. Everything is uncertain. But what we saw immediately was film festivals were not going to be in person, right? So we knew that making, you know, we had been making short films with the idea of getting to features and it was kind of, we had never done anything episodic wise. Uh, but we knew that there was like going to be this opening for people who are going to want to watch things that continue, you know, they're going to want to tune in and get new stuff because everything was on hold. Everything was on, was on pause. And so we saw an opportunity there to say, 
why don't we make something that has episodes to it and have a bigger world? That way we can make it, release it to people, uh, try to get it out there and try to get people when they, when that episode ends. And, you know, like you said, it, you know, yeah. makes you want to go, what's next, you know, what's next. And we are hoping to get that out to the world and try to continue, you know, something happening. And then obviously by the time we finished festivals started coming back out. So we yeah. were like, okay, maybe we'll stop at the festivals for a little while, <laughs> you know, but but yeah, I it was that. the fact that festivals were not happening and it felt like short, closed short films just uh, was going to kind of go nowhere for a while. So we wanted sure. something that people could engage with and, and want to know what happens next. I love that. There's a, there's a saying, I'm not a sports guy if my glasses and nerdy things didn't give it away already. You? <laughs> but I know, crazy. Oh but there is a very famous quote uh, by, I am told, one of the greatest hockey players of all time, Wayne Gretzky. And I love it. And that that quote is, it's not about where the puck is. It's about knowing where the puck is going to be. Right. Yeah. And I yeah. feel like that kind of applies to your thinking in that moment. Right. You're not thinking about like, how have things worked traditionally? You were thinking outside of the box about like, OK, well, what happens when this kind of grows stagnant? What's the next play? And I like that. I think that's yeah. super smart and and uh, creative. Uh, now here's the question. Have you guys gotten to screen this yet in front of people speaking of digital kind of stuff? So this is going to be the first time. This, yeah. Dances with films will be our world premiere. That's so amazing. Are you excited yeah. to see it? With really people? excited. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh my yeah. yeah. It's been a long time coming. And so it's, we're ready. We're ready. Nice. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Um, so what's kind of the next step now that this, like we said, obviously sets up a larger world, you know, mm -hmm. are you guys already working on planning the next kind of stage in this, the next episode, where can I see the next episode and when, ah, you know, talk to, uh, talk to all the investors out there watching. Yeah, right right now. Right. <laughs> well, this, this ended up being um, much more ambitious than we initially thought it was going to be, you know, like filming in the desert every single day with like 35 mile per hour winds, 90 degree heat that felt like 110. You know, we had a nine-year-old out there. We were all surviving within this one camper and, and a few tents for, you know, safety between setups and getting a little bit of shade. So, and then the during the pandemic, you know, everybody was working remotely. So we had a really long process of putting this all together that what there's 78 VFX shots in the film. So we didn't realize the magnitude of how uh, the scope of the project would become. Sure. So, you know, we we have have developed the world. Uh, David has a world filled with lore and myth and how these people came to this planet and how these relationships developed and how um, our protagonist met her husband and they have this child and all of the relationship drama between like the two houses, you know, it's kind of like a faded love story, Romeo and Juliet situation. So, um, which is always yeah. good. I love a, I love a good ill-fated romance. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Some star-crossed lovers up in here, you know. Totally. Um, so we have the, we have so the pitch bible, you know. We have we put everything together, you know, and we we've just been just letting our imaginations run wild with what is this as a continued web series? What is it if it's a half hour? What if it's an hour? You know, just just coming up yeah. with anything so that when the right person or the right team or the right anything comes along, 
we're just ready to continue telling that story. And as you can tell, I mean, we kind of drop you right in the middle of the story with this. It is a pilot. Oh. But at the same time, you can tell there's stuff that came before this and there's definitely stuff that comes after um, the events in this in this yeah. series. So as as kind of a fan of this genre in general, I will say I, I appreciated that. You know, so many cool. times you watch something and, you know, the first you know, we're, if I'm talking about a 30 minute show, the first 15 to 20 minutes is exposition and setup. Here's yeah. the world. Let me spoon feed you who these characters are. I don't totally. mind. I don't mind a series just kind of dropping me in the middle of it and being like, you're going to have to figure it out as it goes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. We, we, we drop lots of clues that we hope, you know, make you want to know more. Right. Oh. And instead of, like you said, spoon feeding it, you know, it, it's just in media res. We just, we just wanted to put you, throw you right inside the world and make you catch these clues and say like, well, how did they get here? Who are these people? You know, hopefully not sure, confuse anybody, but it should be hypnotic in a sense that you come into this world and of magic and danger and love and family and all these things going on that are just so um, such good themes that, that we love to work with. Totally. And like, you know, David, as a writer is he writes these like beautiful poetic scenes that I feel like are subverting, you know, sometimes the the sci fi genre, which is really exposition based and based sort of in these these foreign cold worlds. But this really brings us into the the hearts of the characters immediately. You're dropped into them and in, in, in the height of like really emotional circumstances and so i feel that's really nice yeah <laughs> just like you know <laughs> really like, wow. it was it was really nice yeah <laughs> it's this beautiful humanity which i think definitely subverts the genre and that's why like i love it you know i love the moments in sci-fi where it's it's about the character's deeper needs um sure still human still yeah. human. Yeah. I, I i dig that and and you can definitely tell um that a lot of care that, that I think that's one of the, the things that is usually a pretty sh like fine line to walk when you kind of drop someone in the middle, like you said, mm -hmm. um, because it can go one of two ways. If you have not fleshed it out enough, then you can't connect with the characters and you don't understand what's going on and you're and you're just lost. Right. If if you flesh it out just enough then you get that desire to know more, but you also don't feel lost and you do feel a connection to the characters. And so I will compliment you on that. I do think that that was something you did successfully, uh, both on from an acting standpoint and also from a writing standpoint. I think that uh, it was very easy to connect to the characters right away. I mean, you have a, a quick 10 minute runtime, so mm -hmm. it's important that you are able to like understand kind of the plight and what's going on. And then also kind of care about these characters. I'm a sucker for a kid in a film anyway. I'm a hey, dad. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's a I think that's a solid way to kind of like ingratiate yourself to the audience. And anytime there's a kid <laughs> in play, people are automatically like, oh, okay, yeah. They're parents. Yeah, okay, absolutely. I'm a kid. I get it. Every people yeah. can relate to that, you know? Um, yeah. I do want to ask from a filmmaking standpoint, I always think it's funny, and it's been on my mind a lot lately since uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the Ewan McGregor uh, interview about the new Obi-Wan Kenobi series coming up. And oh he's God, defending the Star Wars prequel trilogy. Prequels. And in yeah. his defense, he's like, listen, it was very difficult acting with nothing, right? <laughs> like we were in green, green room studio or green, green screen studios. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm interacting with props that aren't there. Um, 
there are clearly, like you mentioned, a ton of VFX shots in this. There's people interacting and reacting to things. Yeah. How, yeah. how is that from a performance standpoint? How is that uh, when you're trying to, you know, ground a performance and make it realistic, but you're essentially doing nothing with nothing? Well, let me just start off by saying we had no previs, right? So we didn't have like, I couldn't, I couldn't show them exactly what things were. I had things drawn on my storyboards. I am not an artist in that way, you know? And so a lot of it was just like, Hey, you got to look out there and it's like, there's a glowing city over there, you know, and, and there's a moon planet over there, you know, and it's like, it's magical, you know, <laughs> and it's like, you know, those sorts of things, like, you know, you just had to, I just had to trust and they just had to trust me and we just had to like make believe out there, you know, and sure. so I had nothing to show them by way of like, this is exactly what it's going to be. So be ready this for This is how you're going to react. This is what you're seeing. Right, right. You know, so we just we just had to trust each other out there and through the elements and everything. And by the way, when I'm telling you to look over at that moon planet, we are on top of a like a 60 foot cliff and there is going to be like 40 mile an hour wind blowing rocks and sediments into your eyes. While you're staring <laughs> directly into the sun. Because there's a sun there, by the way, because I need the light. So you're going to look directly into the sun like science tells you to do. And, yeah. uh, and it's beautiful and it's supposed to be soft, you know, yes. so, so just don't worry about it. Uh, but what about you for acting? Yeah, you know, I I actually really loved how I fit into the VFX, like how my performance fit into the VFX. I thought that everything that I had done was really effective. And of course, like David and I rehearsed a lot. We had a, a, a few rehearsals with our cast and I felt like that was a really uh, crucial part of our process and we were really lucky that we got to do that you know during the pandemic we met in parks yeah even though, um, even though we had to be like 10 feet away from each other because like yeah, we didn't know sure. we didn't, these people were like we just cast them you know like we, we emailed but we weren't like close they weren't in our bubble by any means sure, you know totally we had to do everything as safe as possible like we knew the gravity of what was going on and we had all different ages you know involved so we had to make sure that like we were as safe as possible and everyone felt as comfortable as possible during that process yeah, that. but but also just just coming from a theater background and you know acting in black box theaters, I feel like when you're in the elements, no matter what's in front of you, like you're feeling the vibe. This was the first like on location shoot that we had done together, and when I was out there, I mean, I've never had so much energy in my life. The dedication that I felt, the you know, it, I felt a force inside of me with the elements to just take on this world um I that i i could see in my mind you know so that's was, fun was, i feel really, like that's like yeah. that is that is ultimate adult like playtime like you're absolutely you're like, <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna use my imagination and i'm gonna like this is this is what's happening yeah i, yeah. I think that's yeah. a ton of fun um, I do think it shows in the film. I, I agree. I think your your performance mixed with the VFX melded really well. Uh, it looks Thank very you. good. It's very fun. <laughs> totally. A hundred percent. So I have to ask this. Obviously, you care a little bit about the genre of science fiction, of fantasy. What's your what's your favorite like sci fi film? Favorite? <laughs> so like, I've always been like, if an you were stranded in the desert. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this one, this one, maybe I, I know which one. I, I, you know, this one, maybe sci-fi, a little more fantasy. Uh, this okay. was the first movie I ever loved. It's Hook by Steven Spielberg. Oh, I love that movie for sure. And that was it for me. Like as a child, like once I saw that, it was like 
I think Ooh, I have. Dude. Oh, yeah, I do. I have. You got to go yeah! in there, my man. Boom. love to see it we love to see it that was like like i saw that in theaters as like a baby baby and then it was like my mom i made my mom take me to blockbuster I'm dating myself every single day to rent that movie there's videos of me in cowboy boots doing the fight scene between <laughs> Peter Pan and captain hook butt naked nice. that exists and so it's like that has always that kind of world building that kind of like emotional draw where there's there's magic and adventure and family and love like you'll see all those themes in in desert sky and if you trace my origin story like it all starts with hook so i'm gonna go but i'm gonna go with hook i sincerely i can appreciate that so much um i actually i will say like just a, a casual name drop uh, <laughs> when i was first kind of coming up doing uh, press interviews and doing convention support and stuff. I got to meet Dante Bosco who played Rufio in. Wow. And that Ooh. was like a huge, oh. that was a huge moment for me. I wanted to be like, bang a rang, you know, like, it, was a, it was, it was, it was crazy. Um, so I totally, I totally understand the love for hook hundred percent. Love that. Uh, love that. Here's a question that I've been asking people recently because we're talking about people are going to be able to go see your film in person at the Chinese theater, which is a huge deal and awesome. Um, when theaters started to open back up, what was the first movie you went and saw back in theaters? Or have you seen a movie since then? Oh, hell yes. Okay, we go okay. every week. We go see movies. That's like, <laughs> like the one thing. You know what I mean? I have yeah. a standing, I have a, uh, I don't know if yeah. I, they're not, they're not promoting the show, but I'm going to plug them anyway. I have a, uh, AMC movie pass, which Represent. is like 20, 20 bucks a month. And I can go see as many movies as I want in a month. Oh, and so I have Very a standing nice. reservation every Thursday. I see, I pick a new release, uh, that's going to come out. So totally get that. Love it. Do you remember what our yeah, first one was? To be honest, I, I think this is going to be kind of kismet, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. But okay. I do believe, did we see In the Heights in the Chinese theaters? Was that our first movie back? That might have been one of I remember the last movie. Oh, my God. Was. No. You know what was my first movie? Oh, this is going to be really lame. But mine was a movie that I was actually in. It was, it was the first feature film. I shot it before the pandemic. And then I actually flew to Boston because theaters were open in Boston. In, and I saw myself on the big screen for the first time with my dad. Uh, it was Fatal, uh, a Dion Taylor female-driven thriller with Hillary Swank, and I, I got that's to work amazing. with Hillary wow, Swank right. for the that's day. Right. Yeah, and that that was the first film I saw back. That's the best. That's the best. Like going back to the theater experience that right? I've heard so far. Yeah. I've asked a bunch of people, but nobody it. has been able to answer. I went and saw a movie that I was in. <laughs> I know. Well, congratulations and I, to that. Thank you so much. As as we're walking out of the theater, there was only one other couple in the theater, and they go, Oh my God, were you in the movie? And I was like, I was. Like I was. And this is my first movie back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and they that. recognized That's her through the hazmat suit that she was wearing. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Now, David, were you there as well for this? I, I was not. I think at that point, was I in Florida at that point? Probably, yeah. I might have been yeah. like finally going to okay. see my So then that yeah. means you have a different first movie back. Yeah, so mine mine probably then like was, I remember, I know the last movie before the pandemic we saw was 1917 because like I have the oh, ticket yeah. stuff for that. And so like, I know that was the last movie. It will go down like, in infamy. 
infamy. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's framed right there. <laughs> uh, and But I would imagine, I think... in. in if timing is right, I think into the heights in uh, at, the, at Chinese the Chinese theater. theater. So another kismet amazing. moment. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yes. You guys are blowing my mind here. And now I have a question. Then I want to ask uh, for in the heights. A, what did you think of it? And B, was it a worthy first movie back? Yeah, honestly, one of my favorite experiences seeing a okay. film. I know every single lyric to the to the <laughs> to the opening number. Yes. Oh, God, Anthony Ramos just, he transcended. I actually saw Lin-Manuel Miranda's final performance on Broadway. So that Amazing. film holds a huge place in my heart. Yeah. I love it. I have to say, and Lynn, if you're watching this, which I hope you are, like, please watch this. <laughs> yeah. uh, but if you are watching this, I have to say, I think Anthony's performance, I think he's a better Usnavi. I think, oh! I think it. I think it fit him. I think he like wore the character in a different way. Mm. Um, and I really dug it. Like it really, like I really connected with his portrayal. I, mm -hmm. I liked that movie a lot. I, I have one gripe about it and we just got to throw it out there since we're all, we're all film lovers, film appreciators, yeah. filmmakers. Um, I have to say my, the, the one thing that I took issue with was I thought that there was an extraordinarily large amount of unnecessary CGI in that film. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I thought it, even the one that draws the biggest memory is Anthony walking down the street and he steps on gum and the gum like strings on his shoe. Super CGI. And I was like, that's weird. That would be a pretty easy practical effect to like string some gum on your shoe. It right, just right. seemed like a so there were like little things throughout the film where I was like, well, that's a weird unnecessary VFX shot. That's a weird unnecessary no. VFX shot. Yeah. yeah. But uh on north of 96th Street, they have CGI it was gum. Necessary and it was awesome. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. When when they're walking down the street and they're like waving their hands in the air and they're like cartoon drawings are appearing of what they're talking about. Hundred yeah. percent on board with that. Hundred percent right, right. on board with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. That, that does go to show you that like every movie, whether it's a fantasy sci-fi or not, now like is gonna have CGI in it. So like oh, for any filmmakers getting into it, it's like you gotta figure out how to do it and embrace it, you know, and maybe be easy on the gum CGI. Yeah. But otherwise, you know. <laughs> now now I have to ask. Seeing that your film had a lot of uh, VFX, a lot of CGI VFX, um, should, let's say in a dream world, right, somebody backs up that proverbial dump truck of money to you guys and mm -hmm. is like, hey, let's make this a full on, you know, half hour, hour long series. Let's say Netflix pulls up and is like, they open up their wallets for you. Yeah. A lot of your effects are CG currently. Are you a practical effects guy or are you a CG effects guy? Listen, you know, ultimately it's what tells the story, you know, and sure. it is about the emotion and the pathos and what's going on in, in the story. That's, that's first and foremost. If I had my druthers legitimately, <laughs> yes, like more stuff would be practical. I'd love to mix the two. I'd, I, my dream is to work on sets, you know, and like, I want to work on an unreal engine. I want to take my cast and bring them into, you know, where they shoot the Mandalorian and I want to put some sand down and protect yes. them and have more control, you know? And, and so I, I think using technology is amazing when you can add that practical element though. And, you know, I love, like, I'm a huge Terry Gilliam fan who, you know, opts as much as possible to make things practical because if you're trying to tell a human story, humans make mistakes, things humans make, 
wear down. They, they don't move perfectly all the time. And so totally. whenever you have that practicality mixed with some CGI, you always, humans will just relate to it better. So if possible, anywhere we can make it real, it's going to just sell so much better. Um, but you can do that different ways, even with just like matte paintings on glass, just to, just to enhance, enhance oh, things. Going back through film you're, history. You're, yeah. you're talking my language. There was a, there was a series that used to come on. I think it was discovery channel when I was younger and I was growing up and it was called uh movie magic. Oh, and it, I highly recommend yourselves, anybody who's watching this right now, go YouTube <laughs> movie magic. They have the old episodes. They had like a behind the scenes of the making of cabin boy, that comedy movie that came out in the early nineties. They had okay. Hocus Pocus. They had, oh, right now. Yeah, yeah. but it basically just followed all of the special effects. That's what the entire movie was or the entire series was about was like so watching yeah. the puppeteers make the little, the miniatures and watching the, oh, you know, yeah. the effects people do early days computer animation it was awesome i love that um, so filmmaking, filmmaking is a magic trick right and mm -hmm. and the thing i've learned through making movies is every time i peer behind that curtain to figure out how the magic trick is done I, the the illusion is never spoiled for me it only becomes better Mm -hmm. I'm only more impressed that they could pull off a trick like that, you know, and that's, that's what's so cool. And just going back from the beginning of filmmaking where they start using, you know, practical and visual effects and trickery, which has been going on forever, you know, because that's what you Definitely. can do with film. Um, yeah, that's just what keeps the magic of cinema alive, I think. So I, I love it. Speaking of the magic of cinema, as we come to a close here, I have one big lingering question on my mind after watching your short film. Where are they jumping to when they go through that? <laughs> that is that, another planet here. Just uh, like like yeah. ring a bell or say like ding ding ding. If I'm getting close, planet, <laughs> city, outer space. And well, I think that's the beauty of the world we built, and that is the beauty of the mystery. And I just don't, I think it would be a disservice to everyone coming to see us at Dances That's with totally Films fair. to That's answer totally that fair. question with you right now. But when we get the next episodes made, we come back on here and we'll talk about it. And we'll see if any of your guests. Or when we get done, you guys email me directly. I will keep <laughs> No paper right trail, man. No paper trail. <laughs> I'm going to put it on Twitter. Uh, but. Thank you guys so much, David, Lexa. You guys have been awesome. You're a joy oh, to sit down with. I'm excited for people to see your film. Uh, so let me make sure I got this date right. Uh, it's the 18th, June 18th at 3.45 at the Chinese Theater. People can check it out. They can go get tickets for it at danceswithfilms.com. Mm -hmm. I absolutely recommend it. The film is Desert Sky, not Dessert Sky, as much <laughs> as some of you may want to read it that way. There's no dessert in it. I'm sorry. There's just not. Spoiler it's alert. Not. Yeah. There is zero <laughs> crawlers in this movie at all. Zero. Oh but a lot of steely looks. Yes, 100%. A <laughs> lot of steely looks. Some great, some great sun staring in this film. A lot of sun staring. It's very, very good. You guys Love are super talented. It. I'm excited to see what comes next. Uh, definitely, when the series gets picked up, which I'm hoping it does, because I want to find out what's on the other hey! side. Hey! <laughs> when that happens, I want you guys to come back, sit down with me again, and then you can spoil the entire season run for me. Awesome, man. Well, we got going. <laughs> you can show me all the previs stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in the meantime, where can people find more about you guys? 
So you definitely want to follow us at uh, at Seventh House Pro on Instagram. That's our production company. And then awesome. you can follow me at Dave Hartstone and at Lexa Gluck. So come awesome. check us out. Yeah, yeah. find and, us on the internet yes, and, our, well, and our website too, SeventhHousePro.com. Yes, boom, there it is. Everybody, go check them out right now. Also, make sure you check out the film. June eighteenth, three forty-five, Chinese theater dances with films. There's, they are one of a bunch of amazing short films and films that are going to be playing this festival. So definitely go check it out. I thank you guys so much for joining us. Hey, huge. You guys yeah. stay tuned to the Project Nerd YouTube channel and website. That's project-nerd.com. Stay up to date on your favorite films, movies, music, comic books, you name it, we're there. And until next time, I hope to see you guys in the video.